Good morning, NEI Hoops Nation, and welcome to the first episode of NHR the Podcast with your hosts, Junior and Trev. NHR the Podcast is your Saturday morning dive into what is happening around the NEI Hoops world. So grab your coffee. It is time to talk some NEI Hoops. Good morning, Trev, and welcome to episode 11 of NHR the Podcast. I'm glad that uh, everybody found their way back. I appreciate them letting us take the week off last week as uh, we had a couple of busy, or both of us had some busy lives and mm-hmm. uh, and just had some things come up. But uh, we are back in action and uh, looking forward to this this week's episode. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm happy we made it at the streak we did. What was it, 10 straight uh, without interruption? But yeah, happy to be back. Um, got a lot to cover as we kind of head into the final stretch here. Um, as people are trying to, you know, get positioned for conference tournaments and postseason and all that fun stuff. And I mean, you and me, we were talking before the show. We, we decided to do something different here, um, and we're just gonna kind of go over all the conferences and just, you know, conference leaders and and anything that else that points out to us. So I'm excited to get into that too. It'll be fun to do something a little different here. Yeah, a little bit more informational episode today. Um, we're gonna be. Uh, just breaking down the leagues a little bit. Um, I think it's that time of year. Uh, we're finally getting to the point where we almost have everybody, uh, every league going um, again. Um, obviously, there will be some some teams in each league that uh, will still have some games postponed. But for the most part, we've got uh, every league now with at least games scheduled. Um, but uh, definitely want to feed off some information. Um, it's a good chance for, for you know our new listeners and, and, and people that are newer to the NEI um, just to get a feel for for uh, the leagues around the NEI. So um, you want to go ahead and get us started? Yeah, I mean, we're just going to kind of do it alphabetical here based on uh, the standings page. We're probably looking at the same thing. But um, American Midwest Conference, uh, led by Central Baptist in Arkansas. They're 6-1 overall. And kind of the first thing I look at, too, when I look at these standings is how many teams are up at the top, separated by X number of games, and then also – um, kind of what the bottom of the conference looks like. Do we have a team that maybe is winless or is struggling, or do we have a lot of um, teams at the bottom that have not that can knock off a top team? Um, with this one, you have Central Baptist at six and one, and then you have two teams, Columbia and Lyon, at five and two, and then two more teams, Missouri Baptist and Williams Baptist, with three losses, five and three, four and three. So um, this is one of those leagues where you're just jam packed at the top. A lot can happen. We still have you know another month of basketball left to be played, so I'm sure that will change a lot at the top. Um, but but just right off the bat, I mean that's an exciting race to look at, and I wouldn't be surprised if those standings change a lot in the next coming weeks when we revisit this. Yeah, that's a that's a definitely a, a possibility for a lot of these leagues as well. Um, moving on to the Appalachian Athletic Conference, uh, this is the league we've we've talked about a few times uh, in the morning um, on the daily dive. Um, just a league that uh, it, it's it's staying jam packed. I mean, we we're right now we have seven teams uh, within uh, two games of first place. Um, so it's just going to be one of those that's going to go down the wire. Uh, one one interesting tidbit to uh, watch in the Appalachian uh, for for the next couple of weeks is. Uh, is Union. You know, Union is, is a seven-time defending regular season champ, a seven-time defending uh, tournament champion. Um, and right now, they are uh, at six and six. They are they are going to need some help a little bit, um, but they are going. They're a team that uh, you know is used to winning this league. Um, Point Georgia right now is sitting at twelve and four in the league. Uh, Columbia International at nine and four. 
Um, so, so just kind of that, that COVID scheduling where some teams mm-hmm. have played more games than others right now. Um, so this one will be an interesting one over the next couple of weeks where, you know, points, point, point has played uh, 16 games already. Um, some of these other teams have, have, have played about 11 or 12. Um, so there's some catching up to do, but point Georgia currently at 12 and four and Columbia international at nine and four, um, at least in the, in the four loss categories, they're the only ones with four losses. So, um, again, it's going to be an interesting storyline the next couple of weeks. Uh, we'll see if Union uh, can can get on a little bit of hot streak and, and uh, make it eight in a row. Um, right now, they're on the outside looking in for that eight in a row. But uh, uh, a lot of stranger things have happened, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, you talk about Union, someone who's been there before and has all that experience winning late in the season. Uh, that's going to be a dangerous first-round matchup for one of those top-tier teams. You know, they're kind of hovering right there in the middle. So um, definitely a team to look out for. And moving over to the uh, Association of the Independents, a little bit of a unique situation. Uh, last year, we saw three teams qualify for the NAID two tournament. Um, this year, they're doing something with different, obviously, with teams backing out, opting out. Not everyone's playing games. Um, so they're going to have just a four-team tournament um, at the end of the year. And the winner of that four-team tournament will go to whatever designated pod that they would be assigned um, as that postseason qualifying team so a lot left to be played on that um and we'll find out what that bracket will look like at the end of the year but um definitely an interesting situation there with not everyone playing and um you know one team playing this many games another team playing half that many games but um that'll all be figured out once they do this little little tournament yeah and then we're we're in a little bit of a street a stretch right here where uh, these next couple leagues all have some unique situations um, I, I'm going to talk about the Cal Pack a little bit. Their their unique situation is that they have uh, six teams that are going to be playing uh, in February, um, and they'll play each other uh, during Phase One, um, and then they'll have a tournament as well um, to decide that their one automatic their tournament champion will be their one automatic berth uh, this year into the into the NEI tournament. Um, so just kind of a unique situation at the Cal Pack. They haven't played any conference games yet. They're going to get going here in February and. Um, you know, they've played some, some of the teams have played some non-conference games. So we have got to look at them. Um, I, just last week, uh, you know, we threw out a, a, a shout out to St. Catherine, um, who, um, is, is actually in their first year of eligibility, um, in NEI as, as a, they can qualify for the national tournament. And, um, they went over and, and knocked off Westmont, a, a very good Westmont team, uh, uh, last, uh, last Friday, I believe it was the date. So, um, just some, some interesting teams out there. Um, and I believe, uh, you know, a team like uh, Antelope Valley, who um, usually is pretty dominant in that league, um, they've elected to opt out of that. So we probably will have a new uh, team uh, coming out representing the Cal Pack this year. Yeah, it's crazy to think that some teams like or some conferences like the Cal Pack are just kind of starting up their season while other conferences are, you know, in their final stretch of games. But that's what makes this year so unique. But going over to another unique situation, the Cascade. Um, Again, we don't have a, a conference this year that's playing, and we have Lewis Clark State at twelve and one, College of Idaho at five and seven. And I remember talking on an earlier show this year about College of Idaho just going out and scheduling games so that they can meet that threshold when it comes down to the end of the year to qualify for postseason. I think they were, I know, even in like my SID world, they were talking about um, going out and, and, and scheduling D one schools, and usually when an NAI team does that, you know, you list it as an exhibition, but they wanted it to be countable, even though, I mean, that obviously um, doesn't usually end in the NAI team's favor, but um, just so they can get those games and um, they are going to be doing a best two out of three at the end of the year for the 
postseason qualifying team. Is that correct? Yep, between Lewis and Clark State and uh, College of Idaho, best of three is what they were. Yeah, playing. so I talk about unique situations. I mean, I never hear anything like that, especially in basketball. Um, so that'll just be that'll be an intense two, th- maybe even three games to, um, and between two very good teams and two very good programs. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, you know, I, I, just a quick side piece uh, on this one. Uh, you know, back to my JUCO coaching days, uh, there there are some different uh, leagues that. Uh, uh, it's not so much doesn't happen as much anymore, but it used to happen where uh, some JUCO leagues would play. The two top teams in the in the league would go and play um, a best of three or a best of five to see who would go to the national tournament. And uh, they were always by that by that third game, you know, you played each other, mm-hmm. you know, so much over a short period of time, it gets a little testy. So um, that'll be an interesting, uh, definitely league uh, to to follow and and see how that plays out. Um, just to just to kind of gauge uh, on on where everything is at. Uh, moving over to the uh, Chicago Land uh, Collegiate Athletic Conference, the CCAC. Um, we actually saw a Holy Cross team who actually been been playing really well. Uh, their, their two losses this year were both the ranked opponents, uh, both in close games. And uh, uh, last night they actually uh, went off and, and they had to go to Governor State. Um, and, I, and I haven't seen a box score yet, so I don't know if they were missing people, but uh, they had to end up losing by 30 um, at, at Governor State last night. Um, so with that loss, we now in the in the CCAC, you're going to have you have uh, four teams right now uh, that have one loss. Um, St. Ambrose, uh, Olivet Nazarene, Holy Cross, and Lincoln are are all one loss teams. Um, St. Ambrose is at five and one, uh, and then the other ones are at four and one and three and one. So, um, and then you have uh, St. Xavier still lurking at four and two in the league too. So, um, still plenty of games in that in that league uh, to to over the next over here here over this next month. Um, but, uh, you know, you just like tonight, you see, you see one team, uh, like Holy Cross who, um, look like a, a definite league favorite. Um, they go on the league, to, they go on the road, uh, last night and, and, uh, get, get, uh, beat by 30. So anything can happen right now. It, it's definitely an, an interesting time period for, for everybody. And, and with, uh, the league, uh, standings tightening up, uh, every game matters. Yes, that does. Heading over to the, uh, Crossroads League, a very fun league, as we all know. Uh, led by Indiana Wesleyan, twenty-three and one overall, nine and one in conference play, one-game lead over Bethel. Um, I mean, there's not much to be said about they're the number one team in the country. They got the target on their back as we head down the stretch. Kyle Mangus has been phenomenal, twenty-nine points a game, which is uh, good for a top in the nation. Seth Maxwell, uh, over three blocks a game, uh, good for second in the nation. So you got someone like Mangus who can score whenever he wants, and then someone protecting the rim like Maxwell. Um, that just makes that target so much bigger. But they are the team to beat coming down the stretch. But um, just what a what a fun league! What a top to bottom, um, just strong league. You got Marion at six and four um, in third place, tied with Huntington, and then Grace and Taylor fo- shortly be, um, shortly after them. But I mean, just look for someone for, like me who came into the NAI two years ago. Um, this is my third year. And my first national tournament that I get to go travel to, Spring Arbor wins it all. And now you look at them sitting at uh, six and six overall. I mean, well, and they, they yeah, and, they, and they're actually uh, they're actually a team that's not going to qualify for that uh, Crossroads League tournament just because they won't have enough right. games. Uh, they've canceled too many games uh, in, in the conference schedule. But I, but I, yeah, exactly. But I was what I was getting as you just look at. I mean, obviously that they're not truly the last place team, but you just look at a team like that that's not having their full strength of a season. So that's just another team that you throw in there in a, in a normal year that 
is at the top of the conference usually battling with the Indiana Wesleyans, the Bethels, the Marians. But um, like I said, it's Indiana Wesleyans uh, conference to lose. And um, they'll, they'll probably be um, a lot of tough games down the stretch with, with teams giving them their best shot. No doubt. No doubt on that one. And uh, moving over uh, to the frontier league or frontier conference uh, Providence right now uh, they're, they're basically running away with the league. Um, they're, they've had a few games canceled uh, here as late as late. Um, but are currently uh, sitting at six and zero in, in league play. Um, the next closest team is Carroll, who is uh, uh, traditionally they're pretty good. Um, they did lose a lot last year, but they're uh, sitting at six and four in the league. Um, this, this is going to be Providence's uh, league to uh, to uh, to run away with. Um, if, if you follow around, and most people listening, you know, follow March Madness and stuff. This is one of those leagues that you're going to want to pay attention to the conference tournament at because. You know, this is quote unquote, you know, your, your one big bid league. Um, and, and so you're going to want Providence to win that conference tournament because, you know, those teams with, with the, the national tournament only be, or, you know, being lowered to 48 teams now, you're starting to, you know, starting to figure out that picture. And, and you know, if somebody else goes and wins that, uh, that conference tournament, um, you know, all of a sudden that becomes a two bid league and, and that pushes one of those at large teams out. So, um, you know, Providence is, is a favorite. Um, they definitely should. Uh, uh, you know, when, uh, you would expect them to win it. They're the heavy favorites to win it. That doesn't always happen. You know, anything can happen in conference tournaments. Um, but uh, Providence uh, right now um, is, is currently uh, sitting at number 10 in the country um, and, and running away with the league currently. Switching over to the Golden State Athletic Conference. Um, not a lot of games played. Uh, Arizona Christian, William Jessup, both both 2-0. and um, Obviously, Arizona Christians at sixteen and two overall. William Jessup at five and two, and that's kind of fluctuating throughout the whole conference. You got a, a lot of different number of games played, but um, all things point to, to, or all signs point to everything going as scheduled for a normal conference tournament at the end of the year. Um, I know they've recently had some games that have gotten to be postponed, and and they're working hard to try to get these made up. But you got two really good teams in there, in Arizona Christian, the Masters, both ranked. Um, Masters at nine and one, one and one in conference play. So um, not a whole lot to say at the moment about that league as they're trying to get a lot of games played and made up um, in hopes to having, you know, somewhat of a normal postseason play uh, for them. A lot of the coastal leagues uh, outside of the Sun Conference uh, on both coasts right now are the ones that are, are, you know, having a lot of the games canceled. That's also one of the, you know, uh, COVID uh, most, uh, you know, or the worst spots for COVID right now. So, um, you know, moving on to like the Midwest, you know, where all of a sudden you have uh, moving to the GPAC, the Great Plains Athletic Conference, um, and you see everybody with full schedules out there. So, um, you know, as we move across the country into different leagues, um, you see a lot of different games played, the amount of games played. And um, the GPAC got, got a little bit uh, crazy this, this past week. Um, Jamestown, who uh, – you know, they, they have a talented bunch. Um, Mason Walters inside, uh, one of the best bigs in the country, dominant big man. Um, Morningside actually did a great job of taking him out of that game, um, scoring-wise. Um, but but the two bigs, uh, from Morning, Morningside, uh, Trey Brown from Morningside, and, and then and then Walters from, from Jamestown, uh, they both went over 15 rebounds in that game, which is just unbelievable in the same game to have two guys uh, just go off like that. So, um, but anyway, uh, Jamestown ended up knocking off Morningside, uh, ended up uh, making the, the league a lot more tight. Uh, Morningside was, was uh, in a little bit of rhythm. 
Um, and it looked like they were starting to get a cushion. Also, they lost, and now them and, De- them and Dakota Wesleyan um, both have three losses. Uh, Morningside sits at 13-3, and Dakota Wesleyan at 11-3, and and then Jamestown right behind them at 11-4. If Jamestown can sneak into that uh, into the tie with those teams, uh, currently they hold the, the tiebreaker. So it'll be, be a fun little stretch uh, between those threes. And then you got uh, even those middle-tier teams in the G-Pack, uh, with Northwestern, Concordia, and Dort all spent times at, at receiving vote or inside the top 25 um, earlier in the season. So, um, you, you know, that's a, it's always a tough league. It's, it's a former D2 league, um, but always a tough league. That uh, uh, it, It'll be interesting to see how that one shakes out now that uh, everybody's basically within about one game right now. Yeah, moving on to the Gulf Coast Athletic Conference, another unique uh, setup. We've had, uh, we've had a coach from this conference on earlier this year to talk about it. Uh, but they are the they're the conference doing the pod. So you got one location, three days in a row. I invite teams, and then you kind of do a little round robin setup um, there, just to kind of reduce travel and get the games in as quick as they can. Um, but currently, Talladega seventeen and two overall, four and zero in conference. Uh, they're leading the way. Um, you got Dillard at three and zero. They've only played the three games, um, but they they're inside the top twenty five. Um, and, and Xavier close behind. Um, they did just lose to Tougaloo, I believe, by one point. I don't know if it was um, a few days ago. Uh, yeah, it looked like it was Thursday. They lost by one point, so that'll drop them. I don't think it's updated online yet, but that'll drop them to 3-1 and one in conference. But um, we were talking uh, before the show started about their pod situation, and this upcoming pod, they'll have the top three teams, uh, Talladega, Dill- Dillard, and Xavier all squaring off over a three day period. So um, just, I mean, that's all that really needs to be said about the intensity and magnitude coming up about the games in that conference. I mean, that'll say a lot about who kind of finishes up at the top and, and paves the way for the rest of the year. Yeah, for sure. And, and Xavier gets to host that, uh, that pod. So um, there you got to get a host all those teams at home uh, for them. That'll be a good thing, um, but definitely uh, going to be a, be an interesting uh, early, uh, early, going to be an interesting week coming up here um as as that uh, league will definitely take some serious shape after uh, this four game stretch here so uh moving on to the heart of america um two divisions uh the north and the south inside this league um william penn's basically running around they are running away um from from the league um in the north right now uh they said 13 and 1 in the in the league uh clark's uh, 7 and 5 um the two teams were supposed to play each other last week um, it got postponed. Looks like it got rescheduled for Monday, um, so that'll be a that'll be a big one uh, there. Even uh, uh, if Clark, I think Clark's got to win probably to stay alive. I think uh, William Penn only's got three games left, and it looks like Clark's got uh, five or six here. So um, yeah, so William Penn's uh, running away, uh, not just with the North Division, but the entire league. Uh, where it comes into into some interesting uh, tidbits here, uh, down in the South uh, Division of the Heart, uh, Benedictine and Park. Uh, Benedictine's at ten and four. Parks at ten and five. Um, I believe uh, from from so so I'll, I'll touch base with it a little bit more uh, later on. But we've been uh, working on some bracketology stuff, um, and so we've been doing a lot of research this past week. Um, and the Heart of America is going to get three teams in if our information is correct, um, because they're actually hosting uh, the national tournament and, and every year the, the team that hosts the national tournament gets a gets an automatic bid so they will and because they have more than 10 teams they're already a two team um that they already get two teams in um so yeah they're gonna have three teams in so it'll be interesting to see 
who behind William Penn. Uh, it looks like Benedictine Park right now. Um, and then uh, if somebody else outside of the uh, – or outside of that grouping uh, wins the, the Hart Tournament, um, then they would obviously get in. But uh, definitely definitely interesting one with three teams in. Uh, but William Penn definitely running away with the, with the Heart of America right now. Switching over to the KCAC, um, very interesting league if you just look at the standings. I mean, you have so many teams around the 500 mark in conference. Um, and this is another league that had got hit with some COVID issues. Tabor and Southwestern were among teams that shut down for over a month. Um, so there are a lot of teams that have been trying to postpone or reschedule a lot of postponed games. Um, I know Bethel played all of their games successfully that they had scheduled pretty much in the first half. So coming into this second half of the season, it, they obviously are in first place and ranked 22 and a very good team. Um, but they had so many more games played than everybody else. It kind of skewed the standings. And now that everyone's starting to catch up, you're kind of starting to get a more um, concrete look at the top of the conference. And there they are, the Bethel, number 22, ranked um, at 13-3 and three in conference, 13-4 overall. And, and they're the team to catch right now. You have two teams in Oklahoma Wesleyan um, who are actually placed third right now in and Avila in fifth, um, nine and four and five and four, but they're one back in the loss column. Um, and then you have McPherson and Southwestern uh, placed second because McPherson is 12 and five and then Southwestern eight and five at fourth place, um, two back in the loss column. So when you look at a league like this, you kind of have to look at uh, what, what how many losses they have because wins can obviously be made up. Um, so, you know, there's a lot more games that certain teams have to play, um, such as an Avila, such as a Southwestern to catch how many Bethel has currently, but still that two game, that one to two game, uh, difference in the loss column is something to keep an eye on. Um, and then you have teams like Ottawa sitting at seven, six, they are the reigning champions. They have reigning and NAIA player of the week, uh, Jaquan Daniels, they're always a dangerous team, but uh, another league that from top to bottom, anybody can beat anybody on any given night. I've seen two and eight York knockoff. Southwestern, I've seen Sterling knock off Kansas Wesleyan. So a um, lot, lot of games left to be played, but I wouldn't be surprised if that top five, six, even seven uh, teams scramble a bit at the top. Yeah, it's going to be going to be a fun, uh, fun one there, especially with uh, a McPherson team who uh, who's quietly rifled off Red nine hot, in a row. Yep. So interesting to see. Interesting to see how they uh, finish the year here uh, with some tough games coming up. But uh, uh, moving on to the Mid South, another another uh, traditional powerhouse uh, league. Um, Shawnee State, uh, you know, they're a team that finished the year last year really, really well. I thought that if the national tournament uh, would have happened, they were a team that uh, uh, for anybody, for the people that have not seen them um, defensively, they're just super solid. Um, and then they got a big uh, 6'11 EJ Onu, uh, Onu who's a uh, Waiting for you in the post. He uh, is number two, I believe, in the country right now in blocks per game. Um, very, very much improved uh, um, from from an offense standpoint this year. Uh, but Shawnee State, uh, number seven in the country, or number six actually in the new rankings uh, in the in the country right now. Um, just a very they're rolling right now. Very, very good defensively. Um, they're long. They're athletic, um, and, and and just they make it hard for you to score. So um, definitely, definitely. Uh, Interesting group right there. They have a two-game uh, lead right now um, over Georgetown, who's also super hot right now. Um, you, you talk about uh, – and, and we admitted we got it wrong, and we were wrong, but uh, uh, we should have known better to, than to uh, to uh, go against uh, Chris Briggs. But uh, one, of, one of the best NEI coaches – or best coaches in the country, period, at any level, um, but even at the NEI level, um, they're, they're 
quote unquote, the defending national champions because they, they won it two years ago. Uh, we didn't have one last year, but they were the number one overall seed um, going into last year's tournament. They had a big turnover um, of, of, of a group of three, the trio that was, that was just, you know, all Americans, uh, the national player of the year and Chris Coffey um, and maybe one of the better point guards in the country um, that they lost last year. So they have a new group. Um, they, they turned around, they lost by 40 a couple weeks ago um, to a good Thomas Moore uh, team. Um, and then, you know, like I said, don't doubt Chris Briggs. He, he, uh, since then they have got this team rolling right now. Um, they're looking really good defensively. Um, but they sit, they are looking back uh, at eight and three, um, so they have some games to catch up here. Um, and then Thomas Moore, um, again, they're they're the third team in the top twenty five out there at nine and four. Um, but then you even have a, a talented Cumberland's group who has Tevin Allison, who's one of the better uh, scorers in the country. Um, you know, if they can piece it together, they could definitely win the, the win the uh, the Mid South tournament. Um, and then there's actually a lot of a lot of teams here in this middle grouping here that could end up winning the Mid South tournament. Um, but they're going to be a two-bid league team, two-bid league for sure. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they get three or four teams in, um, depending on, on how they're going to break down the 48. Uh, one interesting tidbit I want to throw out there, um, and, and this is if the ARCs are, are just like the women's, um, and, and that means that we've already seen the women's come out, um, and, and the Mid-South and the Crossroads League and the women's side are paired together um, in, that, in that little uh, grouping. Um, and so – we, we could end up seeing a, a Georgetown, Indiana Wesleyan pod, which would be crazy, but uh, also a lot of fun for, for us that uh, love good basketball. So um, it, it'll be interesting to see how that gets grouped out uh, and gets uh, figured out. But uh, I'm definitely uh, looking forward to that, that uh, league and, and how it pans out as well. Moving on to the North Star. This is sneakily one of my most, I, I don't want to say favorite, but most interested uh conferences and how it's going to pan out the rest of the year you have probably one two three six teams that realistically have a chance to take this conference separated by two games uh starting with mayville state they are in first place all alone at six and two uh bellevue six and three valley city state at five and three um but just looking and kind of glancing at each team's schedule overall each team has about six games left um so that's still a lot of room for for a lot of these teams to move up and down but um, with it being a small league as it is, that you're going to guarantee to get all these top teams to play each other. I know Mayville State plays today against Valley City State, so that's already a huge game. I think Bellevue's next scheduled contest on February 5th is against Valley City State. Uh, you got Viterbo up there, who still has a few of these top three teams on their schedule. So um, a lot can change. Um, and again, it's one of these conferences you have nothing really separating one through six so anybody can move with just a couple of winning winning games or winning streaks um so i'm just really looking forward to to seeing who comes out on top in this one yeah for sure and then uh, moving over to the red river athletic conference um just another uh one of those interesting uh interesting leagues they uh they've had a couple teams drop out um they currently I'm just going to flat out say it. I mean, this is a three dog race. Um, Texas, Texas A&M, Texas Arcana, uh, LSU Shreveport and LSU Alexandria. Um, I, you know, Texas Arcana right now is three, you know, in the league, uh, Shreveport's two, no, um, Alexandria is one, no, um, they'll play each other. Uh, they all play each other in the next couple of weeks uh, coming up. So that'll change as well. Um, but all three also in the top 25, um, LSU Alexandria, you know, they've, their schedule hasn't been great uh, here in the last few games, but 
ever since they lost, uh, they lost two of their top scores uh, over Christmas break. Um, and, and they've, they're continuing to win again. They, you know, they're, they're playing some non NEI opponents and things like that, but they're continuing to win games um, that the, the non NEI opponents uh, maybe gave them a chance to, to figure themselves out a little bit as, as they're working their way through losing two of their top three scores. Um, so it'll be an interesting uh, team to watch out of there, but I, I think this comes down to Shreveport, Texarkana. Um, Shreveport's got one of the best backcourts in the country. Uh, Texarkana, um, you know, coached by Ryan Wall. He was at Our Lady of the Lake uh, back in the day and, and, and competed for, you know, he was always one or two in the conference, or usually second or third in the conference uh, at Our Lady Lake. I believe they won a tournament, maybe won, uh, the, the uh, Red River uh, Athletic Conference tournament one year when he was there. So he, he's an experienced coach. Um, in the league, um, they they made a big run last year at the, and uh, before losing in the conference tournament championship game, um, and, and they're a team that uh, definitely can make a deep run again uh, this year. So don't count them out, um, but definitely Shreveport's a team to watch out of there. They're they're a very talented grouping right there, uh, and, and and score a lot of points. Uh, okay. Heading over to another unique situation with the River States. Um, normally you got the East and West there, which is cool. I like the two divisions things, but. Um, they've decided not to continue with conference play anymore. Um, they're just going to have whoever chooses to, to remain in and opt into the rest of their season, finish out their seasons. Um, and then they are going to have a conference tournament. And from my understanding, it's just going to be a randomization of seeds. Everyone shows up who is, who's still in. Um, and then they come out with whoever wins. So may the best team win. Um, I know some teams have opted out already. So, um, at that point, it's just kind of who is, who's ready and willing and, and feels safe enough to continue to play basketball. And they're going to go from there. Yeah. And just one little tidbit on that uh, league that just cause I have some contacts out that way. And then and, and they feed us a lot of information and I appreciate all they, they do to, to help us out. Um, and in understanding the league, uh, it's very cool that how the league came to this decision. Um, they decided that, that for what was, what was best for the players, the players all wanted to uh, have something to play for still, um, and so instead of canceling the season and canceling the tournament, um, they decided to give them a title to play for. Um, and so that's where they came up with uh, the randomization of, of the of the uh, teams. Um, it, it's not ideal, I'm sure, for anybody. But at the end of the day, um, the kids do have a title, to a championship. You know, they can they can feel you know rewarded for um, through from from a very very tough and, and difficult season for everybody so I, I just wanted to give that a little bit of quick shout out a very cool decision by the league to go ahead and, and move forward with that um, moving on to the sooner athletic conference another league that uh, you know just a few games that have that have been uh, played uh, in that league uh, science and arts right now uh, leads the league at four and one uh, sagu uh, is right behind them at three and one. Um, and then, you know, you have a, a Central Christian team uh, who's 8-2 and two overall. They're coming off their first loss in the league um, to Wayland Baptist the other night. Um, they're they're at a one-loss team in the league at 2-1 and one as well. Um, a lot to be – and then Mac U, uh, you know, is 1-1 one one in the league. A um, little bit different uh, scheduling right now. There's been uh, quite a few games here the, the last week and then even in, into uh, today. Um, later on today that uh, of games that have been postponed already. Um, so that's going to be an interesting one to see how it plays out because they're, they're starting to get to the point of their schedule where, you know, we, we talked about this on an earlier podcast where, where the schedule, you know, eventually there is no more time to play games. And so, you know, you're, you're, you're already at a busy schedule um, from, from right now until the end of the, until conference tournament starts up. 
Um, and, and if some of these games get postponed, you're, you're either looking at the fact that you're going to have to play four games in a week um, or just, you know, go ahead and take the 10 games that you're, you're supposed to, you know, you, you need to qualify for the national tournament um, and, and then just cancel those games and, and then play and, and then, you know, either play for the tournament and hope you get in or hope that the 10 games, uh, your resume over those 10 games that uh, you've played is good enough to get you an at-large bid. So um, this will be an uh, interesting league to watch in that aspect, just from the, the scheduling between now and the rest of the year and, and, and how that plays out because they have a lot of games to make up. And right now there's more games getting postponed and, uh, and, and where those fit into the schedule will be very, very, very interesting. Um, Science and Arts looks like the, the best team right now, but Sagu is very, very long and talented. They do not have All-American all – uh, they do not have the All-American um, Nicholas Mason playing yet. Um, I don't know if he's coming back. I have not heard yet. Um, if, if they can add him to that group, he's still in the roster. So if they can add him to that group, um, they, they, they definitely could uh, be a team that could win the Sooner um, and, and also uh, make a, a deep run in the national tournament. The, the Sooner Athletic Conference, uh, for those that don't know, um, or even for maybe some of those teams that are, uh, you know, we're, some of those leagues are former uh, D2 leagues that uh, now that we're all one division. Uh, the Student Athletic Conference is, is one of those leagues that, you know, some of those teams may not have great records going in that tournament. Um, and then they always make a, a deep, deep run. So uh, just a, a lead to watch um, in, in a weird year and a difficult year. It'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. Moving over to the Southern States Athletic Conference, uh, Faulkner seven and one, Stillman College seven and one, Loyola five and two, Middle Georgia State four and two. So you got four teams at the top with a realistic chance to to pull ahead. Um, I'm going to assume, and maybe you can add some more insight on this. Maybe you know more than I do about it, but I'm going to assume that some games um, are have been postponed and are just not re-showing up on the schedule yet. I know this is another conference with a somewhat unique situation where they're playing the same team twice on back-to-back nights. Um, so these te- if you look at someone's schedule, um, Faulkner, for instance, just because they're at the top, you'll see that they'll play Middle Georgia State twice, Dalton State twice, William Carey twice, and so forth. Um, but you still have – they have not played Stillman College yet. I believe Loyola still has to play Faulkner. So I'm just going to kind of assume that they those games have yet to be scheduled. But once they do – um, those are going to be some big games that kind of determine who comes out on top in that conference. Yeah, you, you know, this is a, a league that's actually divided by, divided into two leagues or two divisions as well, um, and they're going to play each other within the division uh, that they're in. Uh, but you you have a tough schedule, like you said, and, and we talked to um, two coaches in this league, obviously, or uh, two coaches in this league um, over the course of our, of our podcast this year. You have a situation like last night where um, – you had Faulkner uh, had to go to Middle Georgia uh, for the first game of two. They'll play again today, um, and then Faulkner dropped their first uh, league game of the year, um, and it was a uh, definitely a good game. But uh, you know, all, all conference road games are tough, and they went on the road, and then that, now they have to turn around and play them again uh, to later on today. So we'll see how that bounce back goes. Um, so two divisions, um, Stillman's uh, the went in the other division right now, so it'll be interesting to see where they go, and then they'll meet up in the tournament. Um, and, and so, you know, some of the really, really good matchups uh, in this league will, will be, be definitely in that conference tournament and how that shapes out. Um, interesting to f- figure that out. Uh, the Sun Conference is, is another one um, that, uh, you know, Warner right now, uh, they continue to be impressive. Uh, got an overtime win this week, um, a big one. And then, then an Ava, Ava Marie uh, loss, uh, end up making them a two-game uh, – end up making Warner a two-game uh, – or giving Warner a two-game lead um, right now. 
Uh, Ava is, is right now at eight and five in two games back. Uh, Thomas, Georgia, uh, is seven and five. Um, and then uh, Kaiser and uh, Coastal Georgia both are six loss teams as well. So uh, Warner right now sitting in prime position. Um, still a little bit of uh, a little bit of season game. This this conference schedule is getting uh, is winding down a bit, um, and, and Warner is definitely looking on top. Um, but it'll be interesting to see the rest of the league right now and how they shape up uh, getting ready for that conference tournament that's coming up because uh, not everybody's going to make it in. It'll be interesting to see how that how, how that shapes out. Last but not least, Wolverine Hoosier Athletic Conference, the WAC. Um, again, a, a conference that kind of has a late start. You got. Um, Indiana Tech with 17 games played, and the next highest is Lords out of Ohio with seven games played. Um, but in terms of conference, um, you see a lot of 1-0, 1-0, 1-1, 0-1, um, outside of Lords at 3-0, and and then Northwestern Ohio down at 0-4. But um, just kind of taking a glance at the rest of the season, you we're going to have we're going to see a lot of games from this conference. Um, maybe every two or three games there or two or three days, excuse me, you're going to have some sort of conference matchup going, um, and certainly a conference that has. Um, Proving teams in the past, Madonna, Indiana Tech, Cornerstone—they've all been at the national uh, tournament and and performed well. So um, I think at this point, there's really not a whole lot to say. There's a a lot to be determined, and I think it's anybody's race right now. All these leagues are gonna be fun to to see how they shape up with, and uh, you know, we just want to give a quick rundown—a quick rundown. It was end up being a long rundown, but uh, wanted to give at least a rundown. We thought it was a good change a of good pace too. Timing. Uh, yeah, good change of pace and good timing uh, for for the rest of the year because right now we are we're in the we're in the heat of the battle right now and um, like I said earlier on the podcast you know every every game right now is important you can't uh, you know you know one slip up or, or one bad week or, or whatever it may be um, you know may not just cost you uh, you know some of these top tier team or top of the you know teams that are leading standings uh, you know may cost them a regular season title but even some of these teams in the middle tier or, or bottom tier um, not because some of these leagues don't allow everybody to, to make a conference tournament um you know one game here one loss here or there could end up uh you know meaning you don't even qualify for for the uh the conference tournament and um as we've seen in years past and, and this happens at every level um you know all you have to do is make the conference tournament and anything can happen so um definitely a lot of storylines to follow but uh um, i'm glad we got to run through this and, and hopefully paint the picture uh more um but just just a lot of fun leagues uh, all across the NEI and, and, and a lot of, of uh, battles still to be determined. Uh, only a couple of leagues right now where, where teams are running away uh, with, with the conference uh, titles. and uh, But but a majority of the leagues, you know, it's still yeah, it's uh, a lot of good for us to, to just kind of run those down, too. It helps. I mean, it certainly helps me get to know these these races better, too. And it, it's just like you said, it's fun to follow. Um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing how a lot of these leagues turn out. Just to put you on the spot here, um, as I'm sure we've been we've been going on quite a while here, and for those that are still listening, I want to hear your game to watch uh, this upcoming week. Obviously, a lot of good games this week, but I, I'm very very interested. We talked about the the GCAC, um, their little four game pods uh, during the week that they're playing. Um, there's some very very big matchups in that one and that uh, that league this week. Um, but starting on Monday, I want to watch uh, Xavier versus Dillard. Um, for, for those that don't know, and, and, and we post the, uh, the conference ratings, uh, when, the, when the, the uh, ratings come out, uh, that on Mondays and then the actual top 25 comes out, uh, two days later. Um, uh, but the conference raider in that league, uh, had Dillard, um, as the number one team in that league at three, and zero. um, and so this will be a big prove it week for them. You know, if they, if they can win those games, they're definitely deserving, uh, they've crept into the top 25, uh, rankings, 
Um, but it's an Xavier team that that prior to losing to Tougaloo uh, by one earlier this week, um, they're they're a Xavier team that uh, you know they they'd been playing pretty pretty good basketball. They've got one of the best players in the country, um, and and I'm interested to see that game uh, Monday, February first. Um, that that game will be at 5 p.m. Uh, Central Time. Um, if if you have a chance, to, and it's a little bit earlier in the afternoon for some people, especially if if you're on the West Coast listening to us, but. If you have a chance to watch that game, you're going to want to watch it because I guarantee you that the that both coaches will have their teams ready to go in this one, but especially Xavier team who's who was picked third uh, behind Talladega and Xavier uh, in the last uh, in the last league poll. Um, you know they have something to prove a little bit, so it, that's the one I'm going to be gauging and and, and yeah, I'm, to I'm the most. going back to North Star. I, I talked about that a little bit about how they have a big stretch of games coming up for those top tier teams or the top teams in the conference, and I'm looking at Mayville State's week, uh, starting with today against Valley City State on the road at 5 p.m. Um, they met a little over a week ago. I think it was last Friday, so a week from yesterday. Uh, Mayville State won at home by 11. So. Um, big game against them. They're only separated by the game in the, in the standings. And then um, later on the week on Friday, Mayville travels to Bellevue at 7:30. So um, we'll we'll find out a lot about um, the top of the North Star after this week, I believe. And and like I said, I, I I imagine those those standings to jumble just a little bit at the top. And we have a long way to go, but only a few games left in that league to kind of make a statement. Yeah, I think those are definitely uh, two games that. Uh... Uh, we, we always have our games of the day um, each and every day as well. Um, if, if I know a lot of people like those, uh, so they'll follow. But those, those two games uh, are definitely two big ones of the week. Um, I'm looking forward to both of them. Throw in one little blurb uh, on Sunday, um, our Bracketology Report. Uh, for those that uh, have not followed on Twitter, um, we actually uh, – there's uh, the Red Banner, Round Ball, and somebody that we've actually partnered with. Um, and we've been working very, very hard this week at tracking down some information on how that 48 team field uh, for the national tournament will look. Um, you know, we won't just like, uh, you know, ESPN, Joey brackets and all those analysts have, you know, our bracket won't be right, but it'll be a fun little segment for people to, uh, to at least have a glimpse of what it could look like and possibly look at like, um, it's fun for us to put together. It's fun for us to research and it'll be fun for everybody to read. So make sure everybody looks at that on Sunday or looks for that uh, coming out on Sunday. Um, other than that, this is NHR, the podcast with junior Trev signing off.